Hello and welcome to uh, Rebel City Podcast. Just before we get into it, I just want to give a shout out to the ladies at On The Ball. So we had Erin Slavin on the podcast about six months ago and if you've not uh, listened or watched the episode, be sure to go and have a, a shout. But the girls are doing amazing and that's them just hit their one year anniversary. So I just wanted to say well done. Yep. Give them a shout out and just hopefully they keep plugging away. It's a, a massively important issue, I feel. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, this week's guest is, get your logo on the screen mate, <laughs> it's Christian Queer, how's it going mate? Aye good mate, cheers for having his own boys. Tom, nice to see you. Aye, nice to meet you mate. Um, East End boy, same Aye, as ourselves. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't stay there anymore, like, thankfully. Um, <laughs> too, good, too good for it now. <laughs> Aye, that's it, started a podcast and moved up the West End. <laughs> <laughs> that was but the best day, Absolute wanker. <laughs> <laughs> Life's me in Springburn. Aye, so what... <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I feel like the East End gets this bad reputation until you actually visit the north side of Glasgow and you realise that it's, it's not too bad. Aye. It used to be fucking aye. horrible, but... The days are no mean city are long gone, I think. Aye, so what kind of East End did you grow up in, mate? Uh, I grew up in uh, Gathamock originally, and, uh, and then moved down into Springbike when I was a wee bit older. But I, mm. I loved it. Like, I was saying, I was talking about this a wee while ago. Um, I always had a bad reputation, but at no point did I ever feel like, unsafe when I was a wee guy. It just mm. felt like pure community spirit. Absolutely. You know I mean, like, um, like in the flats, like everybody was just looking at each other. Everybody knew each other. It was magic, so it was. And, um, was it all good farm that you stayed in before they, before they plowed it away? Man, aye. So I stayed, stayed in the flats in Gatlock Road, and then now I'm doing Spring Bike. So I'm a Spring Boys are it's a nicer area, I suppose. Like, mate, I quite like it, man. It's one of the bits, like, if you, well, if you walk through the East End now, like, I've said this a couple of times, I think, on the podcast, that get back a few months now but my girlfriend who's grew up in Bailiston but she's right. 10 years younger so right. she never really experienced the tenements the way ah, that right, I, I get the ah, tail end of the tenements ah, do you know what I mean like I can remember walking through the low end of Carntine and being like oof man ah, this is <laughs> junkies hanging about the tenements and that ah, and I also used to do like uh, kebab shop and Chinese deliveries with my brother-in-law and there was right. like, it was Rikese and mm-hmm. low end Rikese and that yeah. was all still there so a couple of like dodgy experiences but ah, um right. We walked for the Loudon. She does uh, ballet. Um, she's a ballet teacher. We walked for the Loudon, um, where there's a wee sort of dance school in the industrial estate, all the way up to the sort of top of Gart Craig Road at the border of Cranhill. We did not see a soul, and no. it was nine o'clock on a Friday night, and I could not believe it because I was sent here. <laughs> there might be like every shop there'll be a group of wains like aye, you aye. see us. It's, it's like a sort of time warp, mm. and then you just walk through sort of private. Housing estates now and mm-hmm. like sort of bellway homes and aye, prefabs, aye, aye. and you're that just walking man. through going, This is all changed, man. It's yeah, like the Sims different. or something, man. It's like the same house, just fucking copy and paste it like, on there and there again, mm-hmm. man. Just oh, America like, gentrification, it's called. Aye, aye. <laughs> I found myself the other night there coming up the road with the missus, and we drove by a group of lads on bikes, and I was pure, it, it pure looked weird. But then, as aye. you say, at back when I was the same age. Going on your bike, taking my football, and then going and finding a, a group of boys to play against somewhere was totally normal, isn't uh-huh. it? But to see like four lads, but just out on bikes, I was a bit like, "It's a bit weird one, that, isn't it?" On Friday night, they're out on bikes. it's so strange now. It's like unrecognisable, but I think for the better, hmm. definitely for the better. I mean, mm-hmm. like we're saying, it's no quite. I mean, is. As the city centre pushes further east through Deniston, mm-hmm. I think aye. it's just getting sort of <laughs> Merchant aye, City East. Merchant or, or, City East. They're rebranding. Um, so I moved, what school was it you went to? I went to East Bank, East Bank Academy I went to. Mm-hmm. Was it a rough school when you were there? Cause it's it could be, I had, had its days, mm. had its wild days. It was aye. quite I mean, funny at the time, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you enjoy um, school? 
Look at that, mate. No, I left as soon as I could. So um, I, I quite liked English when I was at school. Obviously, mm. I've ended up being a writer, but like, I wasn't really like encouraged to write when I was mm-hmm. at school. Do you know what I mean? And then, so I always think, you know, maybe if I had been encouraged to write when I was at school, I would have stayed on. Yeah. I mean, I would have went to uni and that mm-hmm. maybe, but the one thing I liked at school, the one thing I felt I was good at, I wasn't really encouraged to do. Mm. So I just thought, oh, well, fuck it, I'll just leave as soon as I can. Trained to write critically. You're trained to write about, you know, personal reflective essays. Write yeah. about your deep Doug, write about your deep granny, and I'm like, so what I should yeah. I just want to write funny stories, and I can't. So fuck you, I'm off. This was <laughs> one of the things I found. I had a, like, massively sort of failed attempt to, like, write a book one time. Aye, right. Um, when I was back in my sort of uni years, mm-hmm. and I, I, that was one of the big struggles for me, was, like, I'd an idea of what I wanted to say and how I wanted to say it, but like mm-hmm. how I translated that into any sort of creative process was just completely missing. And I just found myself banging my head up against the wall because I'd never been taught it. You know what I mean, that's like, true, man. I think like when I think back to even just the ideas, because we I, we were in like a sort of our own sort of like creative bubble, weren't we? At one point in time, mm, we were about twenty-one. So Matt was like, I'm, "I want to be a writer. I was want to be a musician." So mm-hmm. we were all sort of encouraging each other. And yeah. You, when you're doing it when you're younger it was almost like it's felt ridiculous but see when mm. I look back now no, especially like I can remember one idea that Matt had that was about the shades of beige right. but it was like everything it was at that time sort of 2002 2003 through to 2007 where everything started to turn and become really generic I we were starting mm. to lose that sort mm. of like the Arctic Monkeys had just come out and it was almost like the, the end of that sort of like Aye. grassroots mm. the first of the internet yeah. sort of bands to come up and mm. we have kind of lost that in the mainstream and I think it was really sort of forward thinking but mm. of course I was part of that creative hub looking back nostalgically going we were fucking excellent probably one of the ones if you look back on pictures of yourself yeah. at 18, 19, 20 you'd be like oh, Jesus Christ that's kind of how I, I feel about Aye. where I ended up writing <laughs> right. so we left school straight away left school straight away um, I was 16 and um, started working full time in Subway as a sandwich artist Mm. I loved that to him. I had a mate who was also a sandwich artist. Aye, I was that, any opportunity to tell people that I like, was a fucking you were a sandwich, sandwich artist. artist. Aye, yeah. Yeah. I don't love it. Where are boots, would you? I put the fort, man. I told my mum, my, my title is sandwich artist, and she went, no, it'd be better, peacemaker. I think that's quite a common thing as well, man, because I went straight for school to McDonald's. Aye. Even though I stayed on and went through the sort of educational mm. sort of fucking machine mm. and ended up at uni doing yeah, something I, that I never really had much interest in, right. but I went straight for school to McDonald's because I worked, I don't know if it's something to do with the, the fact that, I, well, my parents tell me, you're not getting any more money. Aye. You need to go and make your fucking money. Like, Aye. I can't afford to, to sub you. Like, you need to go and do this. And as soon as I get that wee bit of taste, I like, when I started McDonald's, it was £2.33 an hour. Right. I think my first wage was like fucking 40 quid. But even Aye. that 40 quid, at the time, I'd have probably been getting a 10 or pocket money. You know, like 15, Aye. 16. <coughs> so as soon as you... Oh, Aye. fucking right. <laughs> can remember swaggering about two on a Saturday afternoon with 40 quid. Like, yes, fun. <laughs> <laughs> I thought to get 10 McDonald's. <laughs> even though I was getting my own staff discount. But I think that's quite a common thing for like working Aye. class kids to like mm. go into work straight Definitely away. But that's what I felt like. I felt like when I left school, all my pals stayed on. Well, I was at working. And they all wanted to like, they still wanted to like, hang about the streets playing football. And I'm like, I've got money, man. I'm like, uh-huh. I'm a group, man. So I was like, get out the team, like the older people from my work. Yeah. Like, fucking try to get a hoodie, somebody's ID, you know what? Get out thinking I was the fucking big man, like, mm-hmm. drinking two pints and I was on Mars, like, having to go and be sick, you know what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you brilliant. think that that sort of way of 
straight in is almost like a indoctrinating you into that sort of working life. It sort of like dangles something in front of you, like that freedom, and you go, oh, I want that. But ultimately, you're you're taking that first step into a job Mm. that is bullshit. Do you know what I mean? Isn't he really going to serve you that much? I know, that's it, mate. Did you get that feeling? Like, that you you were doing sort of, like, rubbish work? Did it? Uh, A wee bit, because I felt like... Although I was the one at my pals that was out working and making money, like, it wasn't a lot of money, obviously, but, like, they were still at school, but they were still kind of looking down their noses at me, do you know what I mean? Like, they mm-hmm. were like, we are staying on to six years, we are going to go to uni, we are going to do this. Yeah. So they're like, right, well, you've got the money now, but we are going to have the money later, and they were kind of taking the piss out of me a wee bit, right. mm-hmm. and it was still kind of looking down on me, and that kind of made me feel quite, quite shite, so mm-hmm. it did. And then I started working on, like, a sports rope, and then I was just there until fucking last year, like, so I was, like, ten years, like, um... I don't know, man. Which show was it? DW Sports, oh, man. Wasn't even used to be JJB. Sports, I, know, I, know. I know, mate. Wasn't he JD? Uh, <laughs> I know, mate. Upmarket fucking sports show. Could have been worse. It could have been sport, Sports and Leisure well, and Old Shelton Road know, or whatever mate. that place was. <laughs> that one in the Forge. I was there in the Forge. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> so I, I used to love it in there. It's class, like, man. Five pound football tarps. Aye, just some mad obscure third, t- third kit. Aye, two Result. seasons ago, Aye. whatever, man. I always remember getting Fiorentina struck with the Nintendo in the front of it, and I loved it because it had Nintendo in the front of it. Mine was Bayern Munich. I got a Bayern Munich. Opal. Mehmet Shaw on the back. Was it the Opal shot? Adidas and Opal. I think so, aye. Aye, I I look back and remember a lot of football taps based on the sponsor. Aye, aye, aye. What era was that? Mm -hmm. What what sponsor was that? (laughs) Your Smith. But aye, (laughs) just shows you how deep commercial or the the sponsorship of a football team goes. Fucking imprints itself on your mind, didn't it? Aye, that's it. You can actually like sort of go back in time in your memory to who who was sponsoring your football team at the time. I know, man. Wonder who who's the worst sponsor of a football team of all time. Jesus Christ. I quite like Morton when they had millions. They still got millions on it, I think they have. The Sweeties. The Sweeties. That used to spot. They used to have Morton, Green up Morton. Matchmaker, millions. Matchmaker made their tap millions. I'm pretty sure I've seen somebody with, it was maybe a sleeve one, but it was like Visit Somalia. Or something like that. So it was like one of the English Premier League teams. It was like pure. Everton have got angry birds. That's right. Aye. Everton have got an angry birds. Hodding like your strip, just signed your multi million dollar, multi million pound contract to Everton. You're having to walk about with a t shirt, get fucking angry birds on it. I get to fuck. What was your, um, growing up, like, what was your family dynamic like? Yeah, it was me and my mom <coughs> for a while, and then my stepdad, and then my wee brother came on, and then. Aye, man, but um, it was me and my mother for most of my life, so it was, which is good, I think. Being was she a big influence on you? Aye, big time, man. It's like her sense of humour that's kind of filtered into my books and that, and it's her that's kind of made me a bit fried in the evening. Mm. <laughs> She's just after heaving her, so yeah, that's been good, mate. Has she shaped anything in regards to sort of your ideals of like masculinity or anything like that? A wee bit, I think, because I was kind of, I was raised by women, basically, so it was my mom and my granny and my aunties that raised me, so... Mm. It was always like hearing them talk about like guys in the scheme, like all the kind of like there's a lot of fucking like bad cunts in Garthamo, and hearing yeah. the way my mom and that would talk about them, I always thought I don't want to, I don't want people to be talking about me like that when I'm yeah. older. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So that kind of forced me to go down a kind of different path. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe if I'd had a pure hard da, you know what I mean? Like fucking win my case all the time. Do you know what I mean? Maybe yeah. I would have turned out different. I don't know, man. But um, ah, it's been it's been good, man. So she's she's probably like my biggest influence, my mom, mm-hmm. definitely, man. I I think like especially in this day and age we hear a lot about sort of toxic masculinity mm-hmm. and a, a lot of I hate to say it but a, a lot of this these sort of 
I hate you just broad stroking feminists, Aye. but you kind of want to take them back to an old school 80s and 90s scheme and actually show them what toxic masculinity actually looks like. Right. Because, aye. like, some of the examples that you get where people, it's like toxic masculinity. People talking shit online. It, aye, exactly. It's almost like, because you don't like that and he's a guy, then that's toxic masculinity. Whereas if you can go back and, like you're saying, hear these stories or see these people where you're just mm. like, holy shit, man. Like, what, wonder what happened to that guy when he was wee. Because that's man. essentially where it comes from. That's but true. I, I, I find that for myself, I think me and Matt are different on this respect. Like, my ideas are, like you were saying there, having a hard bar. I had that Aye. sort of browbeating. Right. Like, and, it, and it sent me down the same path as you, though, if you know right, what I mean. Right, like, right. To sort kind of rebelling against, rebel against that. Because I didn't really want to be part of that. Do you know mm. what I mean? Like, Aye. I didn't... I caught the sort of tail end of what would probably be known as sort of gang culture. Mm. The, the very tail end of it. Aye, I mean, where people were going and actually fighting in sort of gangs. Aye. Uh, we're seeing a wee bit of that sort of come back now, actually, which is... Mm-hmm. But it's almost like I a dance. I into one gang fight and was pure. Nah. Right. Well, I stood at the back with a three-litre bottle of white lightning and it was pure. <laughs> nah, this isn't for me. I'm away up the road. Do you have any other experiences yourself? No, I mean, it wasn't in gang no. fight. No, it wasn't. A, um, I was just a fucking, like, Anonymous at school, I was just didn't want any kind of know me. See if I got through the day without anybody talking to me, I was like a fucking success, man. Under the radar, man. <laughs> 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 I can get through a full day without anybody speaking to me. No, I'm like you're <laughs> fucking one. Uh, yeah. I mean, like, Never mind when you're a teenager and stuff. Do you yeah. think that's why you didn't enjoy school? Do you think if you could have like, could been nice? I had like a group of mates and we all had a laugh in that. I just didn't. I don't know. I didn't want to be noticed, I didn't want to be slagged, I didn't want to be centre of attention, I just wanted to be fucking in and out. Uh-huh. Doing a lot, can get <clears> in, <throat> just get back to playing football manager or something, or sitting right in a stupid How do you think you would, you would call <laughs> it now? Think about like the way that it is now at school, where if you fucking... It's weird, man. If you sli- I mean, the amount of times that I did something fucking stupid at school, I mean, yeah. even down to slitting and falling your arse and ice. Somebody could video it, man, that's Ridicule. I know, man. Ridicule know, for, for weeks. And you think about people that are trying to maybe be in the same sort of space that... You were in, and I, I think I sort of sat in that space. I mm-hmm. had a bit of bravado that went behind me, mm-hmm. trying to be a wee bit of a hard man, Aye. but I wasn't at all, but trying to tell people that I was a hard man just so that they could leave <laughs> me alone, like that kind of thing. Aye. But I, I sort of sat in that space where I was kind of like, if I can just get through that space sort of minimal friction, then Aye. I'll be happy, mm-hmm. I'll be delighted Aye. with that. That's but it, she tried to try navigate that nowadays, must be a fucking nightmare. I know, mate. I, I know a guy who, in his last year at school, he was getting stick off of one of the first years, they managed to grab him in the common room and like gaffer tape up his arms and legs and leave him at the top of a flight of stairs just to kind of like mess with him. And like they get told off. Oh, yeah. But I'm like, see, now as you say, with people with camera phones oh, and yeah. all that stuff that flows about, if somebody tried that today, it's just what was brushed off as a joke and told to like, rap it, that's bullshit. Oh, yeah. Would now be like, oh no, like kidnapped in school and hogtied. No, we we all got him caught. You know what I, mean? <laughs> <laughs> I knew a guy that had a wank on the CB. <laughs> remember people used to key their mic do you remember the CB vaguely mate. vaguely remember vaguely. the Citizen Band Radio it was like tw- I think it died with like MSN Messenger mm. that came along everybody <laughs> just oh, yeah. patched the CB <laughs> although I was up my mates the other week and we whacked the owner star a couple of people sat and talking on the CB but oh, it's that's quite nice man. <laughs> it wasn't it it, wasn't <laughs> thought. it was like no see these pricks man fuck it it was just like right so it's just junkies that are left on the CB <laughs> and, and truckers but aye this guy <laughs> in a Sunday nuts. night there used to be like this sort of popular popular thing people would just put elastic band on their mic and play tunes so it was like mm-hmm. DJing almost mm-hmm. like illegal radio 
and this guy, I won't name him because he, I've got him on Facebook just in case he listens, but um, <laughs> he, he uh, there's a point to this as well, um, he had, he forgot that it was, that it was gone and then decided to stick on a porno and crack Could one out and you could, um, everybody, oh, every, wow. everybody between Carntine, Cranhill, uh, Ridgeway that was on the CB was owning a Sunday <laughs> night, was owning a Sunday night, that <laughs> was like, tunes. and this guy like cracked one out. So me and my mate were sitting the other week. We he was we were just talking about the CB we went on YouTube. We were listening to some like Aye. classic CB, whatever to Aye. let again my girlfriend hear it, and she was like, "I don't actually believe that this fucking thing existed." <laughs> but he phoned this guy <laughs> because he was trying to he was trying to get he was like, "I'm gonna get my CB out." So he went into his cupboard, get his aerial, get his CB out, but he discovered that his power pack wasn't working. So Aww. he phoned this guy who was a notorious CB on. Went how dare? Because there was a way he could do it through the mains which okay. is not fucking safe like right. plugging cutting a wire plugging it into the mains and wiring it up to a CD that's basically what he did but when he phoned him um, another one of my mates was like ask him if he remembers having a wank on the CB now that happened 20 years ago <laughs> <laughs> and we still remember it and that happened probably between 40 to 50 people listen to that do you know what I mean imagine Amazing, if man. you did that now like know, accidentally mate. had a wank on YouTube <laughs> 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 cracked one you probably end up fucking famous aye, man. Aye. Kim Kardashian that's what dancing with the stars aye, man. <laughs> dancing <laughs> with the stars aye. Yeah. Um, so like I, I'd read a wee bit I don't know what interview I read one it was in the Guardian um, and I read a, a couple there it sort of you'd said that you had sort of felt anxious as a teen, which mm. was something that you were talking about there, sort of like just try to get through. Did you have Aye. any sort of coping mechanisms that you tried to use to sort of get yeah. through it? Just get a fucking shut myself away, mate. Just staying in. <laughs> Escapism. Aye, man, that's it, man. Sitting, fucking playing Fatal Manager, that was my escape, man. That was, that was it. What, computer man. games? Just Fatal Manager, mate. Aye, that, man. was, that was just fucking proper. Like, Chapman, Fatal Manager, obsessive. Like, mm-hmm. Form myself into that. Um, and then I found when I left school, like getting away from that environment and that, like, um, and being around about older people, I found, I don't know, I enjoyed it a lot more. Yeah, I enjoyed that company and um, just found it better. Right? I don't mm-hmm. know, school just obviously just wasn't for me for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. Just maybe just no found your, your clique or whatever. Maybe, aye, there, maybe, that's it, man, maybe I was too fucking antisocial. Maybe I could have been more social and mm-hmm. maybe I would have found a wee group of. People same as me. I don't know, man. Aye. Part of what I liked about what you're what you're doing is is you're trying to sort of shine a light on the lighter side to this end, which Aye. I experienced an abundance. I think more than what Aye. I experienced yep. the harsh side. The harsh mm-hmm. sides what sticks in your memory. Like Aye. you remember that more than you remember. Mm-hmm. But you remember lot... people's reactions to telling them that you're through East End, and they go. But, but even like now, London, like, the country as well, mate. You go to London and you meet people from London and they go where you pay Glasgow, and even saying the words Easterhouse or Shettleston, they know what, there'll be people out there that will be like, What? You stay in Easterhouse? Whoa, no. Easterhouse. And, like, <laughs> and you're sort of thinking to yourself, um, I, I used to go one or two ways, but I used to either downplay it and go, It's actually not that bad, which is the truth, or aye. I would go into it, it and aye. be like, Pure, I see when I was younger, man. <laughs> oh, mate, I nearly get slashed about 90 times and blah, blah, blah. Which was sort, it's sort of half truth, isn't it? It's like, I but I quite like that you're um, showing the sort of humorous side, mm-hmm. like, even though in the stories there is a sort of, there's a lot of truth in there, and you're reading and you're thinking, Fucking hell, man, I, I, I remember a guy that's like that. Aye. It yeah. is sort of, 
obviously it, it's comedy, mm-hmm. which I think a lot of it is. Even the gang fighting was comical. If you <laughs> were to take a wee step back and say, right, it's got a group of 10 guys at that side of the park and another group of 10 guys, but God, they'll run up and then run back. And then you, it is <laughs> almost like Benny Hill. I've got a mental image of like a Monty Python sketch where they're waving aye. fists at each other, so <laughs> running back and forth. Mm-hmm. So is well, that, that your lasting back, sort of memory of East End? Even though you're still there, but is that like your sort of childhood? Is just the sort of like what what I remember is all the kind of surreal stories that Mm -hmm. all the things that happened around me, all the mad, um, just all the mad characters, and just remember thinking like this is is a weird place, Mm -hmm. and then seeing how it was represented on the telly and that, and like it's all poverty, it's all this, it's all grim, it's all bleak. Mm -hmm. I'm like, it's it's funny as fuck. There's so many characters here. It's fucking amazing, man. Like such a colourful place there's so much happening all the time there's such a buzz yeah. about the place like, mm-hmm. that's what I wanted to show like that side of it you know what I mean and I think the, sh- the, the short story format as well like it captures a lot of what you'll find in you know any largely sort of working class mm-hmm. kind of um, you know environment is that like, oral tradition like Aye. the stories told in the pub mm-hmm. the taxi driver on the way to work the you know the mm-hmm. conversation you overheard on the bus etc and I think that's a, a great format for you know, sort of platforming those types of stories. Aye, that's what I, I wanted to do with my stories almost. When I sat down to write, it felt natural to just tell loads of wee different stories in the way you would tell them, mm-hmm. like down the pub. But I mean, as if almost I'm relaying a real story that I've heard, even mm-hmm. though I'm just totally made up, totally nonsense, but like, <coughs> the short sh- story works for yeah, it. Yeah, and there's shades of, I'm sure, like stuff that you have heard in there, just aye, about naming names. Of, aye, man, aye, like, yeah. I always used to think that some of the best stories I'd ever heard were told told in like old man's pubs yeah like mm-hmm. going up one of my, my mates for school he's more owns the alley bar in oh, duke street and we a couple of situations in there yeah big, big <laughs> man had like a northern soul t-shirt in we, used, we went in one sat uh, christmas, christmas day. day christmas right. day we went in because uh, obviously he's my mate and he's like i'm doing mm-hmm. i lived in a flat above at the time ah, in duke right, street. Right. and this, this woman we were standing outside having a fag and this woman just seen the green of the northern soul t-shirt and was Aye. like can actually physically mm. open the shop <laughs> to <laughs> see what I'm it was to tart. make sure it wasn't a Celtic tart and I think we made the decision to drink up and get the fuck out of the order like like cool. <laughs> the season of goodwill towards men one of the things like one of the stories <laughs> yeah. that always stuck with me um, that my dad told me was he, my dad grew up in Duke Street so but he, he was born in the Calton mm-hmm. so he was a Catholic and he drank he, he wasn't a bigot my dad took pride in the fact that he was not a bigot right. Celtic fan was at the European Cup final, oh, home and away amazing. during the sixties and seventies before mm-hmm. they they had kids and then it was like had to get up. But happens, he had drank with this guy in the Bristol Bar, obviously a, a famous Rangers aye, aye. pub. But my dad didn't give a fuck. He knew the guy that owned it. He stayed in Duke Street. He drank there. He didn't care. Fair enough. Um, and he drank with this guy, and he said he knew the guy for nearly thirty years. And a guy walked. So he sat and drank with this old boy, and a guy walked in and went, "What are you doing in here, you Fenian bastard?" And ha ha ha. He turned round and the old boy downed his pint, put his pint down, walked away, never spoke to my dad ever again. Fuck's sake. <laughs> is he funny? He's a Catholic. Pals for 30 years. No, really, like, it wasn't all, it wasn't that pals, uh, he hadn't been around the house. They knew each other for the They pub. knew each other and when they were in the pub, they sat with each other. It was mm. like that kind of sort aye. of friendship that they had. But I 30 years, my dad knew this guy and then as soon as he found out he was a Catholic, away he went. Ah, it's mental, man. But you're, you're a Celtic fan, aren't you? I'm a Celtic fan, aye. Yeah. Know that it matters, are you a Catholic? No, no, no. No, I was going to say, you don't come for I don't come for a uh, religious family at all. Like, my granny and granddad, like, I always said when I was a wee guy, like, oh, if I'm not a 
Catholic, I must be a Protestant then. No, I know anything. Like, just we're the, no like baptized. The childish like, terms that I, it's explained know, to you I, in when you're figuring out. Still, I, but there's still people that think in the terms, but I, I know, that's, man, that's I, worrying that's about that fucking thing. Granny and like, Granda try to drum it into like you're not a Catholic, you're not a Protestant, you're not anything. Aye. Just that's cool, that's fine, that's you. Yeah. And then my mom tried to explain that to me, and I'm like, I'm not a Catholic, I must be a Protestant then, so how can I be a Celtic fan? Like, being pure confused <laughs> about my identity as a wee guy. <laughs> a I remember <laughs> uh, a guy that hung about with Matt, a guy called Mark Kelly was like that. I, rem- I think I met him in primary six, and mm. I could not get it through my head. His dad was a Rangers fan, he was a Celtic fan, and he was a Protestant. I was just I like, that doesn't <laughs> exist. <laughs> that doesn't exist in this world. It's like 1989, 1990, and I'm sitting there going, mate, what, what are you? <laughs> Almost, do you know what I mean? Like, I just, I just couldn't get my head around it. Um, you think, do you think that that's had any sort of impact on you? Because obviously you've came through like, well, well, why did you pick Celtic? Eh, just my ma and my auntie both worked at Celtic Park. So they did. So... I was always doing it at Celtic Park with my granddad and doing it to pick them mm-hmm. up. So right. I would be kind of hanging about the stadium waiting on my man and that. And then um, I would kind of like see the players and all that. So just because of that, you just kind of become a Celtic fan. You start yeah. getting a wee bit older. You start mm-hmm. thinking, oh, football is actually class. And then you get into it. And then, yeah. uh, I man. So just what, that, which, your, which your era? What was that? Who was the... That would have been... It was like, I kind of go into football. It kind of like, um, like, once we kind of stoked the 10, and then I kind of fell away for a wee bit. And then... Mm-hmm. Uh, the UEFA Cup run in 2003 that was when so I was like I'd have been like, like 11 or 12 or something like prime wee guy into fat boys where you just right. became obsessive and then obviously and you actually had a, so Celtic, a good Celtic aye, team to support aye, 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 so, aye, so, aye, yeah, I that was it that was when at I that was sort of age 90, 10, 11, 93, 94 so right. I was sitting watching fucking Brian McLaughlin and Rudy Vata <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> mine was, was stopping the 10 I was lucky enough I got to play in like a like a charity football game, like a charity old fun game. And Rudy right. Bata was one of the players. Right. And he fucking hated me. He hated me. <laughs> really? So I'm not the best, right? I try my best, right? And I'm fucking I was bombing up and down the wing. I was fucking getting at my arm and and I get caught offside. And Rudy Vat is like, you fucking young boy, what are you doing? Screaming at me. I'm like, fucking hell, the fuck Rudy Vat is screaming at me in a charity game. How have I got in this position? He's just seen the and blue jails. He's had a pure flashback. Aye, man. You know what I mean, what? And then um, Rangers, the Rangers team had a corner. And he's like, stick with your man, stick with your man. Like, screaming at me. I'm like, all right, mate, I will fucking calm down. It's a charity game. And then, obviously, I did stick with my man. <laughs> Cut scored. That was him, man. He was in my face, man. They pushed me. I was like, oh, get <laughs> man. I'm like, ready, mate. Chill out. I'm pure laughing at it, thinking he was uh, carrying on. And then Mark Wilson's like, oh, just fucking stay away from him, man. Stay away from him. And I'm like, that's just surreal, man. Like, <laughs> wasn't even that good a football player himself. <laughs> I'd have been like, mate, fuck off. Be going to I'm going to go and look through YouTube and just look through your worst <laughs> moments and just keep posting it on the fucking oh, Twitter man. feed. <laughs> my granddad came to watch that game. And obviously Rudy Vata's doing that to me, like right at like the touchline. And my granddad's fucking ready to come out and take him, man. Oh, really? <laughs> so man. my experience of that playing football when I was young is my dad would have been the one in my fucking face. So he'd have been like shaking Rudy Vata's horn like that. Cheers, man. I was shaking. I totally, man. Totally. I can remember playing for my school. And, uh, I'd I'd asked my dad not to come to play for uh, watch me play football because he'd watched me play for some team, can't remember, Greenfield Aye. Star or something, and he absolutely ripped me. So I was like to him, look, I'm getting a game for the school. It's a friendly, they were trying to like, see if anybody was any good. Aye. I was like, Gonny, no come. 
<laughs> about 10 minutes in, looked there and he's stoning there, shaking his head as a <laughs> fucking bastard. 13-year-old, <laughs> just pure. I think about 10 minutes later, I get subbed off. It's like, Amazing. Oh, man. I hated that shit. Absolutely fucking hated that shit. Yeah. So, crime scene investigation, that must have been a... Uh, well, cleaning. it's no CSI. Fucking crime, Aye, crime scene cleaning. Crime scene cleaning. That must Aye. have been an interesting job. That was brilliant, mate. That was the best job I ever had. Um, I started doing that. I was, like, I was 22. And um, I just moved into a flat with my ex-bird. And um, I was still working on the sports rope. And mm. um, we were kind of like struggling. We were like getting by. We were like paying the rent and all that. But we didn't have any money for anything else. We were like, I was like, we were fucking skinning myself for this flat here. And we're yeah. both working full time with the day. And then my granddad had just got a job working as like a crime scene cleaner. And he's like, well, I can get you in. And I can get you a couple of wee shifts. Like before your work, after your work, get the weekends and that. I was like, fucking aye, man. Like, that sounds brilliant, man. So I done that. I got in doing that. It was amazing, man. It was the best job I've ever done. Like, mm-hmm. And then I started picking up my rules doing that. And then I started doing lessons in the sports rope. I was like, I'm going to get this full time. And then the company just looked folded. Oh, and then that was it. Like, me and my granddad, like, just, that was it, man. I was gutted. So I was, honestly, the best job I've ever had. Like, you must have seen some sites doing that shit. Proper man. sites, mate. Yeah, I, um, I mean, it was disgusting. It was vile. It was brilliant. Like, you just, after, like, you go in, like, after the first time, you've like, smelt. Yeah. Fucking a deep body in that. Like, after that, you can handle anything, man. Ah, like, yeah. anything. Uh, how much worse is it going to get, really? It's can it get any worse, man. So, anything at all, man. So, we would do that. We would, like, clean up. Not like the body would be away, but we still get that fucking smell of, like, death, man. Lingering mm. in the room, man. It was mm. horrible. So, um, we'd go in after that and just clean up. You know what I mean? So, a lot of time, it'd be, like, an old person. Yeah. Right. In a flat that'd been there for, like, a week until the neighbours have phoned, complained Oof. about the smell. You know what I mean? There's one. we are done. Uh, how graphic can I get here? Can oh, I go for it. we done where um, this guy had like, died on the toilet pan. And it was, it was like, like an Elvis style, man. Aye, mate, aye. <laughs> it was like weeks until I was found. So we get told to go in, and the house, the house was bogging anyway. So mm. there was like flies and maggots everywhere. And then in the toilet was just a fucking, it was horrible, mate. Um, but his body had been taken away, but it was still like, like skin and all that left attached oh. to the pan. It just like fused, man. Oh. So we get told like, um, Go in and like clean the toilet. So we, it's me, and my mom. My mom got a job doing it as well. So me, and my mom <laughs> cleaning this fucking manky toilet. Um, and we had the thing absolutely spotless, man. And then the woman for the council came in. She was like, "Oh, he's, he's done it to make it like that clean." And we're like, "What do you mean?" She's like, oh, "It's getting ripped out. The toilet's getting ripped out. <laughs> you only had to, you only had to clean it so that the guys could come in and rip, rip it out." And we're like, "What do you want to tell us that for?" You know what I mean? <laughs> you could have ate your dinner after we were finished with, man. You know what I mean? Sake. But oh well. <laughs> is, that, is that the best sort of like what's the is that the worst one you've walked into that's the worst one I've walked into aye um, there was a lot of a lot of times we get um, wasn't it just crime scenes it was like extreme cleaning was like the company's thing so right. it was like um, we'd get hired by like social work to go in and like help out somebody who's like a holder yeah oh, like, right. one who's just full and we're told just bin everything just get it all out man aye. any hidden treasures no, you see, no see something like no, that. I'm <laughs> sorry if I take that. No, man, it's just always oshy. Was <laughs> <laughs> um, there was a woman who was like, um, she's like addicted to like buying stuff off QVC, and her living room was just like full of handbags, like not even opened. So uh, just like I had an auntie that was aye. like that. Wait, she was agoraphobic, and right. um, that is exactly what she ended up as addicted to QVC, and she had a you spare know, room, she right. had a three bed house, and it was her by herself. Always like a family home. Everybody aye. just like, moved on. She'd this spare room off the living room at the back of the living room and see when you go in it was your birthday. Aye. Pick something. You could pure tell what my mod would be like that. And she'd be like, 
Oh, it's your birthday this week, isn't it? Aye, just go and have a wee look through the room and shake everything in there. I mean, was, you would go in and you'd be like, like some bed clays in there, I mean, just take, I was thinking about, I, I need some bed clays, I need some towels, can I take the towels? Crack in. A foot spa. I'll have that. <laughs> exactly. That and just the most, the weirdest shit, like, Amazing. she was a big woman, um, and she would have like, size 10 dresses. Right. I'd be like, why have you bought that? She'd say like, just in case somebody wants it, I just thought, I'll just get that. She ended up I'm like fucking on an odd K worth a credit card debt. Wow. <laughs> I had to get cleared. Jeez, so man. I'm laughing, man, but fucking hell. I know, but these types of situations, aye. man, it just shows you if you're fucking bored. Bored as you can be. Aye, to yourself. Not only just like in your environment, because I think aye. your environment's got a lot to do with your mindset, but mm. just your fucking finances and your future. Do you know what I mean? QVC. That's a weird one. As addictions go, I'm now. I'm not anxious about phone foul or QVC Aye, man. as well as everything else. I'll bet you QVC, I bet you they'll, I'm sure we'll be able to go and read about it, but I bet you that the Stender Glasgow's got a lot to do with QVC Aye, and not the shopping channel. It's like your 21st century version of the Provy check. I too, right, man? Remember the Provy woman? I do, man. She'd a story about the Provy woman. Mate. I had a Provy woman that she... Nobody's ever in, man. She's got to collect money, man. Nobody's ever in. Mental. My mum was our best customer because Aye. what my mum used to do was she would go around and collect, because my mum was a home help, so right. she used to go around and collect everybody's probably money. Aye. And then the probably Aye. woman would come to her house, but she had been mugged that many times that she was scared yeah. to Aye. walk for the, the, the car to the house and for the house to the car. So we had to go out. So my mum would be like, Paul, there's a provy woman. And I'd have to like come out my room and go down her. <laughs> up to the door. The poor woman. Amazing, but she was fucking ripping people off right, mm-hmm. left, right and centre for commissions, man. So when I look Aye. back now, and I've worked as a salesman, just like, no, absolutely dumb. Dirty <laughs> bastard, man. Forging people's signatures on loans. Not that so see when we're talking, obviously, they're on about the, the short story format mm-hmm. kind of lending itself to these kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, oral history and whatnot. Like, one of the things I struggled with in my various failed attempts at writing was actually sounding authentic and like Aye. native to actually Glasgow mm. because we all naturally speak in certain ways, you know, depending Aye. on where we're from in the city and stuff like that as well everywhere else. But like translating that into like the actual written word for me, like honestly, was an Aye. absolute nightmare. I mean, how is that? How I mean, that's a big part of where you are. You're writing, but how how do you get all that? It just felt. Um just felt kind of natural to me when I first kind of started writing. I was trying to write in like proper English. I was trying to do all mm-hmm. the dialogue and everything in proper English, but everything was set in, in Glasgow. And I was like, hold on a minute, that's not how we talk. Mm-hmm. So why am I writing it like that? So I'm writing it in like my second language almost. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what is my first language? Like the way I talk. So I changed it up and I started writing like that and everything just started flowing a lot better. Mm-hmm. Everything seemed funnier. Everything, all the dialogue just felt better. And then yep. I was like, ah, this is the way you do it. So um, and then it was just like, like with Scots, Scots language, there's no like standardised spelling, like yeah. how you write it is right. It doesn't matter. Like if you your interpretation of it is right, that's mm. fine. Mm. So you ever had anybody try and correct you online? A couple saying, of times. That's aye, not how you like, that's not how you spell moan. Aye man, aye. It's like <laughs> guy had a go at me, so I a story in my new book called Hans, all about Hans. And I'd spelt it H A W N S. And he was like, That's ah. how I'd probably spell aye. it. And he's like, nah, that's not right. It's H A U N S. Oh, it's the same, mate. It's like looking at the two of them, mate. They both sound the same. Hans and Hans. Like, it's all right, mate. Chill out. No, 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 no. All right, mate. No, no. Do you get what we're talking about? Aye, let's move on. Aye, <laughs> <That's not laughs> <that. laughs> man. But um, I just write like, the way we talk. It just felt natural to me, man. And, yeah. That's one thing I definitely struggled with. I, I always aye. found myself, and, and that information about 
Scotch no being sort of standardised was something that completely escaped me and I wish I'd Aye. actually known what you might Everybody's got a book in them, mate. I say that to everybody, man. If I can do it, they can do it. Mm. Get half an idea, just get a go. It's the worst that can happen. I actually found reading your book, it was very similar to Poverty Safari. Right. Not in the subject or the genre, but mm. in how easy it was to read it. Aye. Um, I like that you were saying in an interview that people were coming to your Waterstones and saying, this is the first book I've picked up since school. Aye. I think a lot today with that is bite-sized chunks. Like Some Absolutely. of the short stories mm-hmm. are like two pages, Aye. some of them mm-hmm. are five. Mm-hmm. But if you can give people like that sort of small... Do mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I think it what used to stop me for reading was just paying attention. Aye. Aye. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> the idea of reading Lord of the Rings, I'd be like, Aye. no. Like, <laughs> I don't know, man. hold my attention, but these wee know, short stories and introducing a different character every four pages or whatever... Mm-hmm almost lends itself to like working class people being able to engage with it. Definitely, man, I, I think so. Um, one of the things, when I when I first started writing what I was doing is I was writing stories and I was putting them online. Mm-hmm. And I was putting them on this website called medium.com and then I was like sharing that on Twitter. Yeah. Like, I've written a story, here's what it's about. If you want to read it, here it's here. I mean, getting people on Twitter to read it. Mm-hmm. And what this website does is it gives you like stats. So like, here's how many people have like clicked the link. Here's how many people have read the story. Here's how many people have read it right till the very end. So I could see straight away like longer stories. Maybe only like thirty percent of people were getting right to the end. Okay. So people go, oh, look how long it is, no chance. But so then I was like, right, cool. So make it a wee bit shorter. And then maybe people maybe jump up to like sixty percent of people reading it right to the end. And I'm like, right, how can I get more? Obviously, need to make it more exciting, need to make it funnier. Mm-hmm. So try and put a wee hook in at the start, try and get people's attention, get a kind of punchline ending, and then that was working. Know what I mean? So it was like seeing the kind of stats was helping me. Yeah. And then I man, and then. I don't know, I think it's just like online, everybody's brains are fried, like everybody's mm. just like, attention spans are short to bits, so mm. um, that's when I kind of figured out my wee kind of like optimum length for mm-hmm. story king, and it just kind of stuck with me, and then that's kind of worked with the books and that, so. Mm. See with the, the, the attention, because like a lot of your base started through the sort of like aye. your Twitter feed and sharing that's your stories, did you have any sort of... I mean, I know that when we first started doing this, I think the first thought that went through my head is pure, I don't know how I'm going to deal with somebody who's just basically, mate, you're a prick. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to deal with that. Do you know what I mean? Like, I've I never really put myself out there. Aye. Um, especially like, when I was doing music, the internet was very minute. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? I mean, you put it out there, MySpace was a big thing, Aye. and Bebo, but mm. I've never really put myself out there and open right. to criticism. Aye. Do you know what I mean? Which is... If you're a writer, that is exactly what you're doing. Aye, man, aye. Did you have any sort of, like, reservations or... I did a wee bit, aye. I thought, at the start, I'd wrote a few stories and I had to, hadn't I had put them anywhere, I hadn't showed anybody. And then I thought, right, well, I want to be a writer. I want to do this for a living. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put my stuff out there. Yeah. Just getting all that first hurdle, letting people read your work, letting them see like, how your brain works and that, letting them see how fucking weird you are. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, yeah, it was like getting ready for like criticism and that as well. So I, I wasn't, I was like, I don't know, man. Like somebody tells me it's shit, that's going to ruin my confidence. I'm never going to write again, can I? Mm-hmm. But I just thought, oh, fuck it. Like, I'm just starting it. I'll get better. If mm-hmm. somebody doesn't like it, cool, no bother. You like the next one. If mm-hmm. you don't like that, you like the one after that. If you don't like that, you like the fucking one after that. If you don't like that, why are you even for one? Aye, aye, that's it. And then, aye, man, it's just, um, it's kind of weird that like, you do get, they get a bit of grief. But it's always people like, um, when I was, I would put up a story. Maybe three or four people would say, Oh, that's brilliant. I, said, I loved it, I loved it. And then you get some guy going, Oh, get out his arse. Stop sucking up his arse. And I'm like, oh, fucking calm down, mate. Like, oh, yeah. right. fucking, Do you engage know, like, with that? 
Oh yeah, yeah, just pay it. Just patch it. Like, just can't ask for it. No, you can. <laughs> you've learned today. Our time is at the I start. So, I, at the like, start, oh. I used to be like, "Who's this cunt?" Like, mm. who you talk to, and then now I'm just like, "So fuck." Like, he's probably writing a book. He's probably sitting. I don't want anybody. You've got the confidence to put out. Fuck him. How's he got the confidence to do that? Just pretty much like what a lot of sort of criticism, like critique and like professional critics are like generally failed Aye. at what you're doing and Aye. that's why they, they like I to know. just sit and punch holes and everything. I used to like pure religiously seek out like, bad reviews when the first book came out. Um, I was like, where's the fucking bad reviews, man? Let's see what people are saying Aye. about it. Because at that time, I wanted to read that and I wanted to see where I was going wrong so for the next book, I could do better. Mm. And then, so I got like Faye, the kind of criticism that I got some stuff there. I got some kind of constructive stuff there. Right. I was like, yeah. cool, I could take that on board. And then, but a lot of it is just, it's like kind of people looking down their nose at me because it's written in Scots. Yeah. Mm. And they're like, oh, somebody, there's a review on Amazon, somebody wrote, and it's like, oh, it's, it's just a book for Neds. <laughs> mm. Aye, well. Just fucking, it's like classism. Basically. Yeah, it's not it. Aye. People looking down their nose at me. Of course. Saying that I'm not the kind of guy that should be writing books. It's disappointing because you're not an Ed. Clearly, you're not an Ed. That's one of the things as well. Like, I remember when we went to uni, there was there was a guy that went to my uni and he was from one of the the, the, the villages, like Carnoustie or something aye, like aye. that. And uh, when I met him and he was like, well, so where are you from? And I was like, I'm, no, I'm from Glasgow, whereabouts? And told him, he was like, where's that? And told him next to Celtic Park and East End. Mm. It was almost like he went, oh, who the fuck are you? Why are you doing this? And, at and see, to be honest with you, I mean, off, even if it, even if it was, you know, literature for Neds, like, good. Who gives a fuck? Like, <laughs> you know, who's any? I mean, people play to audiences, and mm-hmm. every walk of life, or in the world, every day. I mean, yeah. like, if you've got people who are enjoying your work and you enjoy doing your work, then. Right. Who the fuck cares if it's for whoever? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's like somebody who's written, you know, you don't get that criticism if somebody's wrote a pure gay epic. You know, people are like, oh, it's so empowering and, you know, or, you know, trans or whatever, the, you know, the hot topic that day is. But then there's this, as you say, sort of snobbery or classism about, oh, well, you wrote that for poor people. Like, well, hold on. Well, how is it any different to no. the people who write to any other audience oh, anywhere else? That's true, man. If yeah. I've uh, Welsh got that when he did Trainspotting, because I don't think oh. people when that came out thought this is a masterpiece, rather oh. than like social oh. commentary. Look at mm. this. This is amazing. Aye. Rather than going, oh, that's just Neds. That's just a Aye. movie about Neds. She when it's end. not, it's about working like the realities of sort of working class life. Do you know what a I mean? guy who gets it in the next, James Kilman. So he there was an article about him, and he's talking about <laughs> um, his book. Uh, it was how late it was, how late it was called. It was nominated for the uh, Booker Prize, okay. and it was all written in Scots. And like somebody worked out like how many times he said the word "fuck" in it, and it was like four thousand times in it. <laughs> and it was proper. It was about a, uh, a guy who goes blind, and it was kind of like I in proper abject poverty. And when that came out, and when it got nominated for the Booker Prize, it was just people tearing it apart, like all the kind of London critics. Yeah, going, I couldn't read that. Like oh, it's a lot of load of shit. Again, looking down the nose at it, it's, uh, classism, snobbery, and it's like, well, this guy is clearly good. It's been nominated for yeah. Booker yeah. Prize. Like, I wonder how many people have existed that have done work along the same lines that have never been taken seriously because the critics and no, the I industry don't, yeah. don't get it, even though know, their man. content's perfectly valid. I know, I'm pretty man. sure there's That's been it. quite a lot of people that have been I sitting know, in <laughs> council estates. I've been, been the happened. opposite end of it where. And, and it's weird like, when you see you talk about di- reading in dialects, mm-hmm. reading in, you know, Scots or whatever it is. I had the opposite experience at, at uni where 
Um, I was forced to read a, well, forced, it was on the, I was, it was in my curriculum or whatever, um, a book called The Fairy Queen, and it was an 800-page poem in Old English. And, like, as you say, that whole, I get why somebody would have a reaction and go, this isn't in a completely foreign language and I don't mm-hmm. get it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's not really that far removed from, the, you know, standard language to mm-hmm. be... I found that once I got the rhythm of it, I was fine. Mm-hmm. But then, obviously, once I was done with it, it had absolutely no relevance beyond the essay I had to write on it. You know Aye. what I mean? Like, but yeah. there is a rhythm to these sort of languages, and, mm-hmm. and if you choose to actually, uh, you know, read it and, and get away, it, you'll mm-hmm. be fine. Mm-hmm. As That's true, no, Booker no. judges and whatever else yeah. will have been. But for somebody to just take one look at it and be like, "No, nah, don't get it," and put it down, is like, Aye, "No, that says more about you than it does about any text." Yeah, like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. That's a good point. So. Apart from Rudy Vata abusing you on the football field, <laughs> have you had any perks to like your social media? Because you're quite famous and and own Twitter. I suppose. Do I you get any? Have you ever targeted? Have you ever been like, oh, I'm just enjoying my McVitie's digestives <laughs> and <laughs> the hope hey. that McVitie sends you a case of digestives or whatever. I was doing that with tenants. Anytime I was got, had a pint of tenants, I was putting them on Twitter and tagging tenants. <laughs> in it. And then eventually, like, I got an email for like the tenants kind of PR team. Right. And they were like, obviously, oh, you're like a fan. Can we, um, if you like, retweet this tweet, we'll send you like a case of beer and all that. I'm fucking, I ain't bother. So I was doing that, and they bother. And then it got to like, it was like the, the Edinburgh Fringe last year. Tenants were like, right, we're going to release this new beer. And it's like bottles of beer, but they've all got letters on them. Mm-hmm. And you can like spell it words for it and all that. But what it is, we want to go through to the fringe and get tourists to like spell out Scottish words. Right. We want you to host it if you're up for it because <coughs> you're right out, it kind of fits in. Yeah, yeah. Aye, obviously, that'd be amazing, man. So we went through Edinburgh and we done, made this wee video. So it was like me going up to tourists, like, can you spell fucking uh, Bahuki? Can you spell Heed the Bona? And it's fucking great fun, man. It's brilliant, man. <laughs> Aye. Up the road with a couple of cases of tenants. That's nice wee video. Man. It's class, man. You should do merit that, man. You should just be making a wee Aye. list of all your favourite things. Aye, man. <laughs> favourite clothes. <laughs> Try to target Levi, maybe too big, but I'll definitely go in there with some sort of. You're already about some vans today. I know, man. Starbucks, man. I should get a fucking Starbucks endorsement in the bathroom. <laughs> I think enough people fucking watch this movie. Yeah. Like getting the um, hanging. Um, so, I judgment like the mainstream media. Is it just a lot of people just talk about just ignoring it? Mm-hmm. Is that just what you're doing? Just fuck them? That's it, mate. Just I, keep I've going. Been, I, I've been I've been kind of lucky with my books and that. They have been they've been well covered in like Scottish press and they have like yeah, loads right. of journalists have tried to help me out and they've kind of championed mm-hmm. it. Do you know what I mean? The thing is, but it's, it's just that's a really hard sell outside outside of uh, Scotland mm-hmm. because. Um, and they just like you can see like the sales figures like in like Glasgow, Edinburgh, Dundee, Aberdeen, you can see they're quite high. And then down England, it's like fuck all. Nothing. You know I mean? It's like a wee, wee couple here and there, maybe there's like a group of uh, Scottish people working in the expats, aye. And then but um but I wonder how much of that is. Like people just need to get a go, do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I thought that about Jerry Cinnamon. I thought aye. that guy's not gonna do anything outside of Scotland because aye. it's so very much oh, Scottish. From, yeah. Yeah. But aye. then if you think back Tidal Wild and even Yeah moments of biffy clyro mm-hmm. there but it's not quite as scottish as, pronounced, as what jerry cinnamon is and i've been really surprised pleasantly that aye, definitely. he's been received mm-hmm. really really well mm-hmm. um that's what i was thinking that maybe you had managed to break that as well do you know you'd hopefully what... hopefully one day mate i can but um for now i'm quite happy just doing what i'm doing and mm-hmm. just kind of existing in my wee bubble and writing about glasgow and doing what i want and yeah how do you stay motivated? Um, we spoke to a couple. I spoke to a couple of people, especially like musicians. We've mm. not had very many like authors. We've mm. one mm. on the podcast before, but how do you like 
if I was to be left to mind devices, I suppose with this, it's with the podcast, I work quite hard on that when I'm mm. by myself, but I struggle to motivate myself. Aye. I would just roll a joint. Aye. I'll just, <laughs> just watch Joe Rogan for five hours and then I've not done it in the day. Aye, man. You know? <laughs> Aye, man. So I've, I've been writing full time now for about a year. And for the first kind of month, it was like that. It was like, like my first day of being like full time, like self employed writer. I was like sat down at my computer and then I was like, just go and make a fry up. Don't know where to go. Went and make a fry up, watching Always Sunny. Next thing you know, it's like one o'clock, and I'm like, oh, it's lunchtime now, magic. Make my lunch, take a dog a walk, and it's five o'clock, and I'm like, fucking hell, man. Make my dinner, then I'm going to go to the pub. Aye. And I'm like, fuck, I've not done it in the day. Oh, well, day tomorrow, and then do the same thing tomorrow. Mm. That's what we for about a month, and I was like, fuck, man. I think I actually Aye. remember seeing a lot of tweets about when you discovered Sunny in Philadelphia recently. Aye, mate. Um, so <laughs> I wouldn't say it was time wasted. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'd say like that. that. That's class, mate. Aye. Some time but, um, well spent. But no, it's like. Like I've got my wee routine and I've got mm-hmm. my structure in my day mm-hmm. and um, I've got like a word count that I hit every day and then see if I don't hit it, I feel like a fucking failure, man, do you know what I mean? Oh, so right. Like, um, if there's days where like, I'm going to set out, I'm like, right, I need to do three, four thousand words. Like, I'll write through the night until I get to that, do you know what I mean? Right. So it can be a case of me sitting at my desk, pulling my hair out for nine in the morning till like three, three o'clock the next morning, right. pulling my hair out because I'm fucking stuck, do you know yeah. what I mean? So, um, then it's just like writing down notes, trying to fucking work through it. Do you know what I mean? Right. You get to this. Yeah, subscriber to write anything. Like you have aye, a lot of comedians, aye. especially aye. they'll say, "Look, I just sit and I'll just write my heart out, and aye. then I'll go back." That's it, man. I just sort of mindlessly. That's it, man. I that's it, man. Like um, I'll have maybe like four or five days a week writing, 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 and I'll have maybe like two days a week, like a day off, kinda, where I'll spend maybe like two hours going back over what I've written yeah. through the week through like filtering through the shite and yep. kind of mm-hmm. seeing what's good what i can keep and then just editing it and making everything better so, mm-hmm. it's good. so the editing process for me again was one of the things that i found that quite a big frustration in because Aye. it is so especially if you're as you say editing as you go you know taking breaks and whatnot and there's no somebody separate taking care of that for you until Aye. maybe later in the process Aye. like I, I always found it to be a process that made me go so inside myself that i Aye. just Got lost all of the time, so that like, <laughs> I found um, I found that it's almost like you're so close to it mm-hmm. that you can't you can't make heed or tail. You can't be like, is this good? To see. Aye, you can't see the elephant man. or whatever. Aye, aye. You know, aye, I, mean, I get that man. Um, editing, but like uh, once I submitted my first book to the publishers, they were like, right, Magic, we're going to publish it, but it needs a lot of work, so we're going to get you an editor yep. who's going to work with you, who's going to make it better. I was like, brilliant man. And the guy was like, right, I like you, I like the stories, but. You're clearly a very new writer. There's so many bad habits in here. There's so much shit when it fix. Yeah, I was like, right, cool, man. So he was like, kind of, he was really, really, really hard on me. Mm-hmm. But it was mm-hmm. coming from a good place. Cause yeah, you know, you've got potential here. Like, I want to make you better. So we just like kind of rewrote the full first book basically again. Like rewrote all the stories. Mm-hmm. And at the end, of it, he was like, look how much better that is compared to the first one. Do you know what I mean? Right. And then that wasn't him like holding my horn. That was him just saying, why? Do, why have you done that? What yeah. could you do better there? Do you know, it wasn't him telling me black and white, so it was him kind of like coaching me through, through it. it, coaching me through it, man. I so then when it came to writing the second book, I was like, right, man, I was like, in his mindset, like, what does he want for me, mm-hmm. like, famous stories? So then I started like editing as I went along. <clears throat> so when I submitted that manuscript and I gave it to him, it was worked for the same editor again. He was like, fuck it, yes, man, like, you've listened to me, like, <laughs> <laughs> and then we still had a lot of things to fix, mm. but he's like, you could see the difference, and it's all for him, yeah. Like, 
Basically teaching yeah, me how to write. Awesome you know, fucking brilliant. Sounds like you're in in, in in terms of your writing process. Sounds like you're actually pretty flexible because you've talked about obviously the feedback that you've had online, mm-hmm. faith, you know, negative Aye. and constructive. Mm-hmm. The, you know the, the influence that obviously your editors mm-hmm. come in and had and the impact that's had on mm-hmm. obviously your later work and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I mean, like that's that's to me that's that's quite an impressive. You know, because I think so much it comes for you when you're writing that Aye. it could be quite easy to put the blinkers on and That's just be like, I no, mean. here's what Aye. I want for my work, Aye. you know what I mean? Like, but I think Aye. having that flexibility is something that clearly works and has had a, a, a massively positive Aye. impact for you, man. Definitely, man. Um, I'm just open to, I just want to keep trying to get better. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that I want to keep. I want to be able to do this for a living for as long as I can, so yeah. I, to, I need to keep trying to get better, I need to strive to get better. So, mm-hmm. um, I'm really open-minded. Always, I want, once they've been edited, I want them still to be my story. Of course. I mean? But I'm open to, you know. Yeah. Just, I know I can do better, so mm-hmm. if somebody tells me how to get there, I'm going to try and do it and see what I can do. So. Nothing wrong with that. You've done quite a bit of spoken word. Aye, aye. Soon, have you thought about stand-up comedy? I tried stand-up comedy. It was like a year ago, like yesterday, I think it was. I tried it. I'd done a show at the Glasgow Comedy Festival last year, so it was after the book, after right. the back of the book coming mm-hmm. out. They were like, do you want to do a, a kind of thing? It's a comedy book, so you can do a kind of show about your book. Mm-hmm. Aye, 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 done stuff like aye, that. Aye, aye, So I was like, aye, aye. I was like, fuck it, I'd love to do that. So like, it was in the in the Grosvenor Cinema. So we like booked that out, and it was me just kind of like doing a stand up routine based on write, writing the book and mm-hmm. what the stories are about, and get through them all, and then reading a couple of stories. But like, it's the reading about stories that I like doing. I don't yeah. like, I don't really like stand up, and I thought I was going to enjoy it. I was pure ready for it, and I just I don't know. I felt pure exposed up there. On yeah. Stage mm. When I was just doing the stand up bits. Whereas you know, I've got the book in front of me and I can read for it. Mm-hmm. And I'm walking about and I can read for this. I've got it there in front of me. It's like a shield. Yeah. You know what I mean? I can just hold it up, don't it look at anything. Uh-huh. I can get into it and I know what I'm going to say next and I can rehearse it all now again. Right. Um, but stand up, nah, it's not for me. I think stand up comedy is one of the. It's almost like it's, it's the, the toughest, aye, the toughest of the sort of arts in that sense. Because a lot, of these, a lot of these guys, you can, you can almost sniff it out. Um, people go up really rehearsed really fucking rehearsed but then mm-hmm. you get the guys that are so comfortable that they can aye. just go up with a sort of basic idea of where yeah. they're going to start just finish and end aye. and they've got their mm-hmm. ankles but they just let their routine sort of flow aye. i think it's definitely like one of the most exposing aye. ways of trying to get yourself out there oh, man. I, I, I wrote a couple of jokes and aye. and then was just like i'm not i'm never going to do that <laughs> i'm never getting up and yeah. standing in front of yeah. i mean even in the grove man it's a big venue man like aye. for your first stand-up aye, man. these people start like yes bar i know man in front of anybody do you know, know what i mean i was lucky enough because it was just it was a good night, I enjoyed it, mm-hmm. but like, if I was to do that in front of a room full of strangers, I'd have died from arse, nothing like mm-hmm. <laughs> I think there's something about being in the moment like that I can relate to with being a, uh, in bands is, unless you've recorded it and go back and listen to it, mm-hmm. you've got no way of really knowing how good it was mm-hmm. and how people will always tell you that aye. was amazing. But you're almost like, but was it? I, I don't know. I know. And unless you've recorded aye. it, <laughs> if you write a book, you can go back and read the book and go, no, actually, it is aye. good. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Right. Can you remember like a moment where when you were first writing, where you thought to yourself, I'm actually really fucking good at this? Because <laughs> clearly you are. Do you know what I mean? I think, eh, <clears throat> I don't know when... Like just before, like the book deal just kind of came out of nowhere for the first book, and um, just before that, I was just thinking like I, I really want to do this for a living. I was thinking right, I was like working on a kind of like five year plan. And, like mm-hmm. I thought right, it's not going to happen anytime soon. So here's what I want to do, and I'd plan to like write, 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 send stuff out to magazines, 
and then we're trying to apply for uni today, create writing. Mm-hmm. And then once I graduated for uni, start sending stuff out to publishers because yeah. then I would be ready. And then it just came like fucking out of the blue. Like I sent a story to a magazine. They said, Do you want to come to the launch party for the magazine and read out a story? Mm-hmm. I was like, Fuck, I've never done that before, but why not? So I went, read it out. And then when I came off stage, the people that published the magazine were like, We want to publish books. Do you have enough stories to fill a book? I was like, Fucking aye. I like, sent them out. And then next thing I know, I'm in Edinburgh, like signing the deal for it. I was like, fucking hell, this wasn't meant to happen so soon. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> Five-year plan straight out the way. Aye, man. Aye. <laughs> Aye. Right, fuck. You still planning on going to uni? Because it's almost like, there's a lot of people day-day that, that Aye. after they're in Steam, get to their place and, well, the people that would be starting uni will be like, you're where I want to be. What Aye. the fuck are you doing here? And it's almost like you're in low self-esteem. I know, man. That, that I done it. in that situation. Aye. Last year, after my first book, Hangs came out, that came out in like the June, and then I started college in the September, so I'd done like a creative writing course at City of Glasgow College, mm-hmm. and then that was brilliant, man, like that broke my writing on leaps and bounds, so right. that was magic, and then after that, finished that in the summer there, and I was like, oh, I wish I'd applied for uni, because it got to like halfway through the course and everybody else was applying for uni, and I was like, I don't know if I want to, <clears> and then once I finished college, I was like, I fucking wish I'd went to uni, like that mm. would been good, you know what I mean, like, but. Maybe next year, mate. Maybe next year, I'll see. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I like the idea of going in. It's just the hours button, to it, man. If, you've, oh. if It's almost like when I hear about people, and when I heard about people who'd be like, I'm going to do music production, I'm going to do music performance at, at, at college or uni, and you're kind of like, just go and play music. Like, I know. I you're know, doing man. it. You're I actually know. doing it, man. And I the know. hours that you would need to be putting in every week to complete a, a degree... You I could know. probably write another book. I know, know, that's true, man. I know. It's a funny one. I don't know. I like the idea of going and learning for like the lecturers next. All the lecturers mm-hmm. at like, be like Glasgow Uni and I apply for fucking MIMI. So, so they're all like, they yeah. are all published aye. writers. Like, mm-hmm. So it'd be good to learn for yeah. them. Like, proper novelists who've been in the business for years. If you're going to be in, it's, as much as you think uni is about the tutorials and that, uh, the, the lectures, it's more about the tutorials and the one on one time you would get with experienced published authors Definitely who aye. are in different genres and Definitely formats aye. and stuff like that. Like, aye. I can't imagine there'll be too much trouble with application. <laughs> <laughs> See what happens, man. Something that uh, that came up when I was looking in this, so I, I read a, a blog post on your medium about your relationship with alcohol. Aye, aye. Um, I quite liked, I've seen him up before when we were off mic, this mm. sort of idea of the free pint glow. Aye. Like this <laughs> person that emerges for this, this sort of subconscious when you get like just enough alcohol aye. before you start losing your bearings. Aye. Um, it, it was a while ago that you it was last year, wasn't it? That you had aye, aye, that aye. post. Mm-hmm. Have you, are you still in the same sort of place? Where no, not really. <laughs> um, I was writing that at a time where, like, <clears> I was gone in night suit and I felt I was just making an arse of myself almost. You know right. I mean? So it was getting to the three pints and I felt like brilliant. I was having a laugh and I was making my pals laugh and I was having a good time. But then after that, I was, I was becoming. I felt like I don't know if it was on me, but I felt like I was becoming annoying. I was becoming too mad, too mad with it, mm. too loud, just being a bit of an arse, being a bit of a bam. So I was waking up the next morning, like feeling hungover, and then feeling like a fucking idiot. Like, mm. what did I say last night, man? Yeah. Like, thinking about the cunts I was talking to and that, and I'm like, oh, man, I can't be doing this, man. See if I could just stick to three pints. That would be me, mm. kind of thing. So I wrote that thing about that, like how, like, after three pints, that's like the best version of me. Do you know what I mean? I'm like right. relaxed. I'm like, um, don't feel anxious about it. I just feel fucking like in a good place. And I'm like having a laugh with my pals. I feel confident enough to make mm. that joke or tell that story. And I'm yeah. telling it in a good way. And I'm yeah. just fucking, oh, all loose and lubricated with the bevy, mate. I feel brilliant. But then after that, it just goes tits up. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? But um, the last few months or something, I've been, I don't know, I've, I felt like I've got a healthier relationship with 
drink, I can go out and have a good mm. time and sometimes stop at three pints. Sometimes have more, but being aware of what I'm like and of yeah. course I, I mean and kind of thing. You don't need to be a prick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just aye. don't be a loud asshole. Just That's calm down. It, I, mean. <laughs> aye. I used to go nights. <laughs> Matt will testify to some. You would it would literally be like pedal to the pedal to the <laughs> Literally, like the second that you step foot. In, in the in the pub, it's like Jaeger bombs. Like this is the first thing we want in Jack Daniels. Like everybody's having a Jaegermeister or whatever. Aye. And I was sitting <laughs> watching a band boom one time downstairs in Barfly. We would be on all night, and the lead singer went forward to like scream, and I, I, all I seen was this fist just come up and just hook the guy. <laughs> <laughs> just I had a bad habit of doing that. We did a gig in Manchester as well, um, and the guy was uh, he wasn't he, he wasn't trans, but he was cross dressing on stage. Right. Um, and they were like a proper metal band, like aye, proper, aye. proper metal band. And we were near that. And he was like, Has anybody got any requests? And I was like, Play some fucking music. And the guy went, Oh, I like you. And came down into the crowd and tried to give him a hug. And I punched him. Fuck's <laughs> and I was in the band next that was going on next. Fucking hell, These Manchester <laughs> Mancunians must have been like, Who the fuck is this? And I'm not exactly like the Jeez, weest guy in the world aye. either. That's You're not exactly violent either. And I'm not at all. Aye. It's totally out of nature, man. It's just see when I get blazing drunk. I think by that time when you're we went to guy, man. Definitely. By that time we got to that stage in Manchester, I was two bottles of bucket deep. And I don't really remember it. Caffeinated as well, oh, man. Hyper, man. Blazing. And so I, I think that getting to that stage, I got there. I mean, I barely drink now. Mm-hmm. Just because I'm 35, coming up for 36. And if I drink, if I... Even, not even the, the fashion that I used to drink, but even in any sort of like two or three drinks, man, I pay for it. Aye. I just can't <laughs> it, I, It's just, it, aye, I get rattled with it. So aye, I just you get fed up with hangover. Only, only in very special occasions, or if I if there's a night out and I think, do you know what, I'm going to have a drink, I'll have a drink. Aye, but aye, but aye. I, I can remember a point at sort of 30 where I was like, I don't need to get fucking smashed when aye. I'm going out on these nights out. Why am I, I going out and getting absolutely blotto to the losing point where the next day as well, losing fucking two or three <laughs> by the I time know, man. I that, man. I know, man. So it's nice to hear that you've got it under control. It's a very, I think that again, alcohol is something that comes hand in hand with well beer faith. Definitely. It's expected. Aye. We don't really talk about our relationship. Mm. With the beverage, you know what I mean? It's Public something that I've right? struggled with recently, and right. that's obviously, um, you know, we've, we've kind of touched on it a few places where I'm aiming for that more healthy relationship, right. but it's definitely a work in progress, definitely. and it's definitely right. something that's come through that upbringing, essentially. Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen it around the house, and right. not to point fingers or anything like that, it's just been one of the things that you, you pick right. up, you know it's what I mean? It's kind of ingrained into it. It's mm-hmm. like, don't know if part be of becoming a man almost is aye. you go and drink hundreds of things. Of course, I, I mean, man. I don't know if there'll be. if if there'll be anywhere else in the world that's got so many home bars, <laughs> it's like we stand in Glasgow. Like my mum and dad had this, and this is like something that most people are like. It's almost the same thing. It's like this wooden cabinet in the like, living room. You pulled it down. It had a decanter that. with whiskey on it, and <laughs> it was almost like they didn't drink it, but you needed to have it there. Aye. Do you know what I mean? Like, anybody stopped him. Aye, aye, that sort of. And then the other end of the spectrum, the we also knew somebody who turned their garden shed into a literal bar. Aye, we had and some. Like, and Ridgey. Aye, <laughs> We had some fucking good nights in there, by the way, man. I've, got a, class, I've got a photo of one of my mate Scott, and it's literally, like, we tried to turn that into a meme, but it was before sort of memes were a thing, and it was, right. a, house, it was a house measure. It's just a photo of him honding somebody a half pint of vodka. That's <laughs> to get mixer put into it, and we put like, that's house measure, like nice. at the boat, mate. <laughs> Aye, we get in some fucking states in that place, because it or more worked in uh, the fruit market. 
So mm-hmm. she would literally get cash and carry booze, and we would fun. just go into the shed on a Saturday night and fucked up. But the, the sort of fags and booze culture that yeah. existed when I was a wee boy, just we were talking about this the other day again. Mm-hmm. We were like sixty a day, my mum and dad were just sixty fag, chain smoking fags and then Honest drinking and Aye. drinking, and it's just something that I think that we end up. And we're seeing the sort of tail end of it where we mm-hmm. get to this age and I think you either go into it, mm-hmm. which a lot of people still do, you see that sort of Friday night living, like I'm mm-hmm. just Monday to Friday and then Friday night I'm getting fucked up Aye, and I'm man. getting fucked up through until Monday morning and then I'm going back to work. I know, man. Do you know what I mean? So I, know, quite I sad, think there's man. a lot of people that are just rejecting it. Aye. It's like a, this Disney service, man. Aye, people are kind of waking up to it, I ain't going... For me, like, a lot of depression and mental Aye. health stuff. People, Aye, man. That, this is a big topic, and I think a lot mm-hmm. of people are realizing that booze, drugs, fags, gambling, all of these things all combine. I know, man. The amount of people that will go and get fucking steaming coked out their mind, Aye. but also spend a couple hundred quid on a football cooking. Yeah, know, man. Do you know I what I mean? Know, I can't even imagine what it's I like, know, man. man. I know, mate. It's horrible, man. Like, why the things are all I'm interested in is the reaction. Like, when I go to the pub with my mates, occasionally, sometimes I'll just take them water. I just won't drink. Mm. But I'll still sit and have a buzz, have a laugh. Yeah. Fucking dog's abuse. You know what I mean? Until mm. I give them a lift up the road. Yeah. And then they're yeah, glad, yeah, yeah. Best, best person like, in the pub man. at the end of the night. It's like constant. Oh, just take a pint, take a pint. You can drive after a pint. You can drive after two pints. Like, what are you fucking carry, mate? Like, yeah, it's dodgy, man. 20 years ago, man. I know. It's an interesting <laughs> thing, man. It's the look in people's faces when they. I know. You'll say, oh, barely drink, don't drink. I know. Doesn't affect you, mate. So, what's the problem? What is the issue? You, mm. you can still get mad with it. I don't care. I'm still going to sit here and have a laugh and talk to you. We're still going to have a good time. I'm just not drinking. Doesn't affect you. It's cool. You ever went on a full sure. on night out? Been standing in a nightclub at like two in the morning. Aye. We had a diet it's coke and everybody like rampaging around about you. It's <laughs> grim. Uh, it's fucking grim. Uh, 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 I, I did it at ABC one night and it was just like, I'm getting hit, man. There's just people coming up. Ah, hey, man. I like, hate it, mate. I know, man. Hell, man. I know, mate. You don't even realise that you're thinking, I'm the worst one. I'm thinking this about <laughs> my mates and when I'm drunk, I know I'm the fucking worst at all. So, like, did you. Find that Celtic Twitter helped you. I mean, obviously we've got the sort of Celtic does. And aye, aye, aye. But did you think was that was that a party like your sort of success? The sort of Celtic I, Twitter getting back. I think up? so. Aye, because um, they would all they would all share it, and then they would see that I was a Celtic fan. So all the Celtic fans just pick up on that. Like mm-hmm. Barrios, let's just read it and share it and support them, kind of thing. And then I found that my stuff was getting shared on like CelticMinded.com and like Talk Celtic and all, all the kind of mad forums. Yeah, and that. that was quite handy. I know. But then <coughs> on the other side of that, I know it's like what's that? Like, I don't have like a total, like, I'm not like seen as like a pure Celtic guy. You know? No, right. loads of Rangers support. Of course, uh-huh. it's weird that I even talk about this. Like how it's weird that a certain team reads my books. You know what I mean, but it's weird to see Gary Folds the other week. Aye. Where he's going. I, I'm a Rangers man, but my audience is completely all across mm-hmm. everything. Certainly, you know what I mean? Aye, he's somebody. You ever had anybody have a go at you for being a Celtic fan? No, mate, not at all. Not at all. I've been oh, quite lucky. Nice. So quite lucky, mate. I think when it's not <laughs> a huge part of your work. Mm-hmm. It's, aye, it's easy to brush off. I think if they relate to you, they relate to you. Mm-hmm. I think it's like Except, man, aye. a bit know, of that. Well, I said, I'm not one winding up Rangers fans and fighting with them, not being a bigot about them. Mm-hmm. Just having a buzz, I just happened to support Celtic. Just issue. <laughs> How did you feel yeah. about Brendan? I was going, I, I don't know, mate. I don't know. You got no pay- first that guy down in Paisley. I know, <laughs> man. A bag of cats. <laughs> I don't know. My first reaction was, oh, fuck. But then look, before that, I'd been thinking the team looked quite stale. Mm. So maybe we need a wee change here. He doesn't really, I don't know, man, doesn't really seem to be quite the same as what it was in that first yeah. season. Mm. It seems like the kind of, I don't know, maybe the end of the cycle kind of thing. I, think maybe, I thought I thought he was going to leave at the end of this season. Mm-hmm. It was just a surprise. It was like, check my phone one morning, Brendan Rogers is in top of Leicester. I was like, fuck, man. And then my way working away, 
Check my phone again. Neil Lennon's the new Celtic manager. Aye. Fuck's going on. Aye, moved quick, didn't it? Did you see the boy that went in for surgery? Aye, woke up. And then Rogers was the manager, Kermit Lennon was the manager. It was a bang time. I think he was actually getting brain surgery as well, man. I think the guy must have woke up and thought they've fucking done something. Back to 2012. I mean, other than we did a, a mini podcast on it because mm. I was like, fucking rat bastard and the sort of aftermath it, you're just like whatever man did you see mm. the photo of him the other day that he was at the memorial service of the, the Leicester right, manager big smile hi man you're like mate, have a bit of fucking self-awareness no, mate he's pure stunning like pure alright I've not seen it if you look into the picture you'd say 99% of them will get like a straight face uh, of course solid face but yeah. he's fucking he's yeah, at the back yeah. beaming man <laughs> like one of the pure mascot ones you know the minute, I, minute silence minute mascot silence. Aye, man. <laughs> Kingsley Brendan sitting Rogers teeth. <laughs> he's like his fucking mascot man. I know man if you, yeah. if you noticed like something that I'm really interested in recently is this sort of working class tourism that exists Aye. there in a sort of internet it, it's happened before but in a sort of internet way, you get sort of middle, upper class sort of kids almost mm-hmm. that see this sort of like glamorised working classness as like Aye. good to be an ed or whatever and they're cutting about. And I, I mean, if you go into like Urban Outfitters and see Aye. the the poppers, like the Adidas trackies and Kappa, stuff like that, are you getting any of that with your book? There's a, a wee bit, like, there's part of me thinks like, you know, it's going to, there's maybe going to come a point, you know, if I keep writing books, people are going to go, well, can he consider himself working class now? Do you know what I mean? If he's a full-time writer, if he's a fucking artist now, mm. can he consider himself working class? Can he write about the working class? It's like, I, I worry about that, do you know what I mean? Cause I, I don't mind. That's my worst nightmare. People saying, oh, he's forgot his roots and all that. Mm. Mm-hmm. I've never gone here, but people are just going to say that to me anyway. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It just comes with the territory. It's a pure pile trope. I know, man. And then it's like... Um, Champagne socialist. Aye, mate. I do worry about that, people... I don't know, like a backlash if people say, if I, I'm going to keep writing about Glasgow, I'm going to keep writing about the kind of people and mm-hmm. the stories and that. And I don't know how people are going, people are going to take to that in a couple of years' time or whatever. I don't mm-hmm. know, but fuck them, mate. I think there's, there's, there's <laughs> precedent where that, you know, so long as, as I say, people are still engaging with the actual content itself. Like, right. you know, I, I know guys like, it's a, obviously, an example you'll probably get a lot of time is Irvin Wells, given right. that. He wrote in dialect and mm-hmm. was a you know series of short stories. Obviously, mm-hmm. there was a, a kind of overarching theme with some mm-hmm. many of his stuff, but similar formats, similar and like mm-hmm. he's maintained a, a great true, career, and it's because the content is still that's engaging. True, yeah, I, you know true, what I mean? Yeah, like, so I think you'd be absolutely fine in the terms. I hope man. so. Mate. I hope so. Um, I just have a bit of a fucking pessimist. I just always think the worst. So I well, <laughs> there's, there's uh, again that's another East End trait, isn't aye, it? Aye, uh, uh, I think that you're. That's good to consider that though. Do you aye. know what I mean? It's sort of okay. if, if you're mindful, if you're being mindful of that, and um, as long as you're not cutting about the park, <laughs> doing some, doing some research. <laughs> How do you do your research? Like, oh, I went and I bought a white lightning down at, <laughs> <laughs> at Greenfield Park. And I, just pop us. Aye. <laughs> aye. I bet there'll, I there'll be a, a few people that will probably do that. Will come to Glasgow and they'll be like, "Right, where's the park? I'm going to go have a bottle of bucket." That's <laughs> just something the culture. I know. I mean. Um, so, we're well past our hour, mate. I've got a couple other things that I was want to talk about, but we'll just... You sure, mate? Fire away if you no, want. No, no, not at all, man. Because sure. uh, one thing that I wanted to ask you was, what would be your ultimate Scottish culture square go? Like, who would I want to take a square go? No, like, like two people. Two like, people who uh, are like, like to street, see. street Fighter. Street Fighter Glasgow, and it's got, like... You need to pick two people who have a square go. Who do you think would be the best? Oh. 
think James English tried it last week with Paul Ferris and Tommy Robinson, didn't he? I would like to see that. <laughs> I would like to see that. Paul Ferris would just kill him. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you could get Paul Ferris back in the day, man, I think he's going to be on that. I don't know. I think he could. Like, I don't know. I've been Probably putting could. up in a bit right. against him. Tommy Robinson, but you can't fight. You can't fight. You just look at him, you can Hopes. tell like anything. Aye, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of videos of him out there throwing a couple oh, of shite punches at people. <laughs> Other than that. But uh, my favourite the Scottish culture, square go. Probably say, probably take it politics and I would go Mary Black versus Ruth Davidson. Oh, that's a belter. That is a good one, actually. Yeah. Fight, well, where would the venue be? Hydro, mate. <laughs> the hydro. <laughs> the hydro. I think the second time the SNP supporters fill it. Aye, man. Aye. So, aye, I need to think up special moves and all sorts here. Ruth Davidson be like fucking uh, Yokozuna. Do the big fucking. Yeah. <laughs> just sit on her. Just no let her up, man. But cheers for coming on, mate. Oh, cheers, Thoroughly enjoyed it. That was good. Thoroughly yeah. enjoyed the chat, yeah. man. Really appreciate that. Covered good. quite a lot, man. Oh, um, cheers, boys. Again, like a shout out to On the Ball. Like, aye. just want to give them a massive shout out. Like, I think we had um, FAC, the football, is it FAC? Fans Against Criminalisation. Fans aye. Against Criminalisation one. And that guy's really, like, that, I didn't know that the On the Ball campaign had come out meeting through sure them. Up. Yeah. Um, and it's got me sort of, like, really interested in sort of grassroots activism and aye. stuff like that. So I just want to give another shout out and, like, congratulations aye, on, legends. what's the, was it Early Galaxy you said? Early Galaxy. That's fucking good, know, man. That's mammoth, isn't it? Yeah, I know. St. Rocks. I think it was, I think they're at 76 now. St. Rocks to LA Galaxy, man, making an impact. So they're not going to not stop anything soon either. But again, mate, thanks very much for coming in. Oh, I cheers, boys. Thanks for having me. It was good fun. And Best good luck. luck, man. Good luck cheers, with the future. Same news. Same news. Cheers, man. Ta.